What is up, everybody? My name is Brandon First, aka First Report, representing the ESBC Gambling Podcast Network. Today is Sunday, July 5th, 2020. Of course, since it is Sunday, that means it is time for us to talk Major League Baseball. Uh, we're going to hit Major League Baseball. We're going to hit uh, the Dodgers and the Angels, their news, and of course, obviously, the Padres as well. But uh, until the season gets started, all Major League Baseball podcasts will be in one form, and we are getting closer and closer to opening day, which, of course, will be July 23rd. Uh, we don't know the full schedule. We'll get to that a little bit. We do know what the opening, um, at least the first game that we will see will be. Um, but for the moment, it is time for us to dive into what's going on kind of off the diamond. And the biggest thing right now and the, the biggest news definitely of the weekend was David Price yesterday on uh, July 4th. Happy bladed 4th to everyone out there. But July 4th, he announced that he is opting out of the 2020 season. He is leaving over $11 million on the table if he would have uh, been in all 60 games or been available for all 60 games he would have uh, made over $11 million. He is not going to play for the Dodgers this year. He will be back next year uh, under contract. But very interesting. We also saw King, uh, King Felix. Felix Hernandez will not play for the Braves this year. Now, his was a one-year deal. It was more of a um, minor league thing. I don't think he's even been paid by the Braves at all. But that is a situation where King Felix also will not be used and then of course we have Sean Doolittle who is in camp with the defending champs the Washington Nationals uh, Sean Doolittle is the closer for the Washington Nationals and this was a quote that I picked up uh, from him and it's very very interesting uh, he said quote I think I'm planning on playing but at any point if I start to feel unsafe if it starts to take a toll on my mental health with all the things we have to think about and this cloud of uncertainty hanging over everything, then I'll opt out, uh, end quote. Very interesting, because this is a guy who's in camp and obviously wants to play, and I'm not saying that David Price doesn't want to play or any of these guys who are opting out. I'm not saying that they don't want to play, but he's there and he wants to make it work, but he's definitely not closing the door on opting out for the season. I haven't heard anything in terms of a deadline or uh, anything like that. I think it's just going to be a situation where if a, if a player at one point, no matter where we are in the season, decides he doesn't, he doesn't feel safe or he doesn't want to play anymore, he's obviously not going to get paid anymore after that, but he can just walk away from the team with no repercussions. Um, I believe that's the way it goes. We might see towards the season maybe a more of a deadline um, for that to happen. And with obviously David Price opting out, that – Help, or that hurts the Dodgers rotation it's not going to kill the Dodgers chances they're still going to be the favorites in the uh, the west they're still the favorites in the National League I still think they're the best team in the National League and the depth they have in the pitching staff is key for them they can go get Julio Urias maybe Ross Stripling comes up uh, and they always seem to be able to grab one or two guys throughout the year now it's a little different now without a minor league season but they have a very deep farm system so while David Price losing him is tough it's not going to affect the Dodgers on a betting scale at least when it comes to the future side of things I think if anything 
um, it might drop down. Remember, right now, uh, the Dodgers, the best odds you can get on the Dodgers to win the National League West is minus 700, or, uh, minus 700 which means you got to bet 70 to win 10. So that is not a value pick. That is not something we're here to give you. Um, I do expect the Dodgers to win, but that doesn't mean I'm going to bet them to win. We're here to make money, um, not bet seven times what we're going to pay out, hopefully, in 60 games. That's not what we're here to do. Now, conversely, if you listened to last week's podcast, I gave you some value picks. Excuse me. Uh, Mike Trout and his Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, they – were one of those picks. I, I think the Angels at, I think it was plus 725, them to win the American League West, it's doubtful and it's, it's not incredibly likely, but I'd, I think there's some value at plus 725. It's a 60-game season. Who knows? Uh, the, obviously, Joe Madden coming into the fray, Anthony Rendon, um, and then we have um, Shohei Otani, who is now going to play both sides. He came out this weekend and said he's ready to pitch and uh, DH when he's not pitching. He only DH'd half the year last year because he was getting through Tommy John. So when he comes back from Tommy John, how's that arm going to feel? Of course, when you talk about the Angels, it's all about Mike Trout. Mike Trout has made it seem that, hey, you know what? He is not 100 or he's not 100% comfortable. He's not feeling comfortable in the situation. Um, he has a little one at home or has a little one coming. And he's in camp, but he's – I don't know. He might be one of those guys like Sean Doolittle. I think a lot of these guys are coming to camp, seeing what's going on, seeing the protocols put into action, and trying to figure out if they actually want to do this. Mike Trout not playing for the Angels would be pretty devastating, not just for the Angels and not just for us betters, um, I, I still don't. I still think you should pause on making any bets um, at this moment. Uh, I think give it at least another week, at least ten more days until we know a little bit more concrete what's going on. There's value out there, but we got to make sure that it's still value in a month. Um, and remember, it's the long game. And in this situation right now, uh, that a month away is the long game. But when it comes to Mike Trout not being on the Angels. That number of 32 wins, losses, is going to drop to about 28. I wouldn't be – it might be a crazy overreaction where it drops down to 27, 26 and a half. That's when we jump on the over-under on the wins. Look, if Mike Trout isn't in uh, – opts out at any time this season, the Angels will not win the West. Therefore, the, the bet that I gave you last week is kind of irrelevant. But we will shift our focus to the over-under on the win total. Okay, like I said, currently right now, the Angels over-under uh, win total is 32. They're, they're saying 32 and 28. If Trout is out or Trout, Trout opts out, there is going to be a huge, huge reaction to that. And it's going to drop down to 28 wins. That is something we have to take advantage of. And that is something that we will take advantage of. And shifting focus like that might have to – you might take that into other teams as well. Uh, I don't think Mike Trout is going to be the only guy that – I don't know if Mike Trout's going to opt out. I should say I don't know if David Price is going to be the biggest name. Um, I think for the sake of baseball, I hope he is, with all due respect to him. But, um, you know, a baseball season without Mike Trout would suck. I'd still be watching. I'd still be all here. I'd love it. 
um, and it's baseball. But there's a chance that some of the better players could opt out of this and not play. And that would really, really hurt not only um, just baseball, but, but fans in general. And I also do want to throw this out there. I don't blame any of these guys for, for making whatever choice they make. This is a situation no, none of us has ever been in. Um, we're, there are a lot of people out there who say, oh, they, these guys just got to play because, because we need a distraction. We need it. Well, who cares about us in those situations? You know, these guys play, play a game and then they clock out. They got families to go home. They're, they're human. They're, at the end of the day or at the end of five or six years, these guys' careers are going to be over. They got to go live lives. They don't want to deal. They don't want to put themselves in a situation that could hinder their chances of growing old with their loved ones, um, just so that we could be distracted. Um, I hope they come back. I hope we get that distraction. I, I think we will. But I don't judge anybody for not wanting to play um, and not um, feeling like it, they owe it to us because they don't really. I think it's awesome if they do come back and I will be watching no matter what. If I get a call from the Padres because they don't have enough players, I'll be more than happy to go suit up. But I'll tell you what, if it gets to that, bet against me. Anyways, so we move on to the next topic I want to talk about is the schedule dropping tomorrow, um, which of course will be Monday, July 6th. NBA podcast, by the way, Monday, uh, just a heads up, let's tune in for that. Schedule dropping tomorrow is very, very interesting because we're actually finally going to see dates, um, home stands, road trips. I mean, you put kind of the road trips in air quotes now because you're not taking those East Coast road trips where you're in Philadelphia, New York, Atlanta, and then you stop in Colorado just to, you know, sneak one into Colorado uh, over a 12-day stretch. That's not happening. Um, maybe... I, I would not be surprised to see a four-game set in Houston and then the next write up maybe a day off, and then a four-game set in Texas so that the Padres, boom, or the, the MLB has that taken care of. Because remember, we're playing – the Padres are going to be playing the American League West um, and the National League West, but conversely, it will be the American League West. And Texas and Houston – uh, not quite sure what the geography. Whichever one's further east, that's as far east as the Padres will go this year. And obviously other teams as well in terms of their divisions. They will play uh, – the east will play the east, central will play the central, west will play the west. But now on Monday, we will know when and where. And like I said, those homestands, things like that. Um, we do know one thing, that the Yankees and Nationals are going to begin the season on July 23rd. Um, they're unofficially – the Dodgers and Giants will also begin that night. Um, that's a, excuse me, that's a Thursday night. Um, so I, what I would expect, of course, for TV, um, you would see maybe a 3.30, 4 o'clock first pitch for the Yankees Nationals, followed by a 7.15 uh, pitch, first pitch for the Dodgers and Giants. Maybe a day game, who knows, maybe a day game for the net, uh, the Yankees and Nationals, but I can guarantee you these two games will not be played at the same time. They are going to try and get uh, as much out of these two games TV-wise as they can. And then Friday, the next day, which would be July 24th, that is when everybody else will get started. Um, unknown if the Yankees, Nationals, Dodgers, Giants will be off that day. Obviously, we'll find that out tomorrow. But there is a line out, and um, it is obviously on the only game that we actually know about, and it will be the Yankees and Nationals. There's a line, 
out, and the Yankees are uh, one-and-a-half run favorites. The over-under is seven. But as I talked about earlier, it's I, I have a leaning of where I think I'm going to go with this, but it's it's too early for me. We're, we're 18 days away from that, that contest, um, which would probably be starting right about now as I look at the clock. Um, and at that point, as we get closer, I think when we get – eight, nine, ten days away in that area when we get more, um, a, a better idea of what's going on, a better idea of how these players are handling things. I think um, interviews, and I know it's, it's not the best place to go, but Twitter, if you can follow um, players' Twitters that aren't obviously um, PR people that are writing it, but, you know, Sean Doolittle's Twitter is great to get into the mind of these players, what's going through their head? How are they dealing with this, I mean, unprecedented event? Baseball is an incredibly mental game. I've talked about it so many times. Baseball is the only game that I can think of. I mean, there might be a, one or two other kind of obscure sports that I'm missing, but the only game that you fail three, uh, seven or six and a half, seven times out of ten, and you're, you're a Hall of Famer. Baseball is a game of failure when it comes to batting, at least, you know. Tony Gwynn batted, you know, 318 out of 19 years, whatever it was. Incredible, incredible run. He still failed 70% of the time, okay? That's baseball for you. You have to be incredibly mentally strong. And now we're talking about be mentally strong, but make sure you wash your hands. and Make sure you're doing all these things on top of <laughs> – being a baseball player, which is great, but it's such, you have to have such incredible focus. Uh, if you ever see a baseball player just make a mental lapse, whether it's um, not so much lose a ball in the sun, but maybe throw the ball to the wrong base or, or um, pull kind of a J.R. Smith, not know the score, not know the situation. Um, we see it with a, with a foul ball or, or a, a, a um, fly out and the fielder will catch the ball and throws it into the stands because he doesn't know how many outs there are. You know, that right there is that player not focusing 100% on baseball. And if you can't do that, you shouldn't be playing. You're going to either make a fool out of yourself or you're going to get hurt. And none of these guys want to do that. So these guys have to have a mental mindset. And we are only really two or three days in to this summer training spring training 2.0, whatever you want to call it, it's crucial that we take these next eight to 10 days and, and be kind of the flies on the wall, listen to a lot of sound bites from guys. How are guys dealing with things? Read articles about how teams are um, dealing with players who are in quarantine. How are they getting them work? What's going on? Um, how, are the, how are the training staff making sure that these players – take these situation uh, or take these protocols um, seriously because it's every team's nightmare to have say you know Mookie Betts for the Dodgers you know we're, we're two weeks away from the uh, from the end of the season 12 games out and they're in the middle of a pennant race hopefully with the Padres and Mookie Betts gets corona I'm not hoping he gets that but just for uh, for argument's sake he gets coronavirus he has to sit out for two weeks period, even if he's asymptomatic, okay? That's devastating. 
right? The Dodgers need all the players they can, especially guys like Mookie Betts. That's going to happen to some teams. What training staffs, what teams take this serious enough that we see no positive tests or no big names have to go down at least late in the season. Right now, I guess it's okay to get a positive test because it will still be early enough. Um, you'll probably be a little behind when it comes to opening day, but you'll still um, get majority of this 60-game season. Excuse me. Uh, scary scene yesterday at um, Yankee Stadium. That was, of course, 4th of July. Yankee Stadium's uh, the Yankees' starting pitcher, Masahiro Tanaka, uh, was struck by a line drive in the head yesterday. Tanaka is okay, but the video soon went viral. Uh, it made waves. I mean, it was broadcast live on the Yes Network, which is pretty much the Yankees' um, TV provider. It was scary. It's, it was interesting to me to see it, um, and I will play the clip. Um, I, I, I'm not going to play the clip of where it's it's the center field camera um the camera that angle that i i'm going to show you um is from behind home plate kind of the press box area and if you are listening to this podcast and you're not watching it um you will get to hear parts of that because uh hopefully it comes through over the uh the zoom meeting but um the the sound it's it's it tells you everything you need to know about it. Tanaka was, of course, taken to the hospital, ran tests. He was re released later that day. All reports are, he passed all his tests. He's all good, miraculously. All reports have it today as we talk, July 5th. He was at the ballpark today. Very, very, very happy. Uh, well, at least smiling. Um, and it was an incredibly scary situation. And there was no L screen, which, which if you don't know what an L screen is, is it's pretty much, it's a screen that looks like an L. And what it is, is you'll see it in batting practice um, at baseball games um, before the game. The, the batting practice pitcher will be throwing behind an L screen where pretty much the only part of the screen that's exposed is your pitching hand side. So you throw the ball and then this, you get behind the screen. So a ball does come back up. There's a screen there. You know, you just kind of, whoo maybe uh, pucker up the butthole a little bit, but you don't get hit. Masahiro Tanaka, um, like most pitchers, when they are doing live batting, that's what yesterday was. It was live batting practice. Giancarlo Stanton versus Masahiro Tanaka. Live AB for, um, uh, or live batting practice for Stanton and uh, live, live pitches for Tanaka because really at this point, uh, batting practice, you know, Stanton can hit an 89 mile an hour fastball right down the middle really hard every single time. But guess what? That's not going to happen during the game. So Stanton needs to see guys like Garrett Cole, Masahiro Tanaka and Tanaka to get his full live ABs um, in or live pitches in. He, he opted not to have an L screen and it's scary, but it's part of it never happened to me as a pitcher, but it's always in the back of your head as a pitcher. Now, the good ones and the great ones obviously take it out of their heads. It will be interesting to see how Masahiro Tanaka does bounce back. It will be a mental thing in terms of hopping back onto the mound um, and, and, and throwing a pitch in there. I mean, even, even if he faces Stanton again, is that going to be in his head? Um, although I do feel like 
and he'll probably be behind an L screen for uh, the next couple times he throws. But here is the video. Um, let me blow it up. Let me share the screen real quick. And hopefully it does come through on um, the uh, video. Hold on. Look at my notes. <laughs> All right. So there, as you as. As I said, uh, it's very, very, and I don't know if that came through, honestly, I am sorry if that did not come through, but um, you at least hopefully heard the audio in terms of hearing the crack of the bat and then the contact. Um, very scary stuff, but as I said, happy to report that Tanaka was not hurt, was of course taken to the hospital, passed all his tests, flying colors, um, and it's a situation where it, it, it's unfortunately part of the game. It's a situation that we, it's not the last time we're ever going to see it. Um, but very, very um, happy that Tanaka is not hurt. And um, I'm, I know Stanton is probably the most happy about that or uh, the happiest I should say about that because uh, that probably, he probably felt really terrible in that situation. I mean, I don't know if you saw the video. I probably didn't cause I messed up, but he goes down onto his, into a squat position in terms of remorse, obviously not like there's anything he can do, but he was remorseful immediately. You don't, even if that was not his own pitcher, you don't even want to see that happen to anybody um, in baseball. So, but like I said, luckily Masahiro Tanaka is okay. And we move on to the uh, last bit of the podcast today, talking about the Padres. Of course, we talked about the Dodgers and Angels, and that's what these podcasts are going to be about. When we get into the season, I do expect – uh, the podcast will be split into two. I think I'll have enough material for a full MLB podcast and a full Padres, Dodger, Anaheim, or, uh, Anaheim Angel podcast. Maybe I'll throw the Giants in there too. Uh, maybe a California, Oakland days too. Um, but for the Padres, they're, they're 50, they're, they have up to 60 players they could bring. They have 53 coming in. Um, couple not interesting uh, or, or, or surprising ones. I think we – maybe expected. I was actually a bit surprised to see Robert Hassel, uh, the third, uh, the first round pick for the Padres this past year. He went eighth overall. Uh, coming out of high school, he's still only 18. Um, he will be on the roster. He'll be on the taxi squad. He is not going to play, um, at least in live games this season. I'm sure he'll see some at-bats in this summer camp from uh, maybe uh, a Luis Patino or a Mackenzie Gore. That would be kind of cool to see how he deals with that. But Robert Hassel is in camp so that he can be in camp with major league um, uh, coaches and coordinators and guys that are going to get for the next three months the most possible thing, they can, the, the most they can get out of Robert Hassel. Unfortunately, like I said, there is no minor league season. Um, it's, it's probably going to be an Arizona Fall League. Hopefully, there's still is talk about that, but Obviously, they want to get the season taken care of before they start thinking about Arizona Fall League. So that'll be interesting. We did see uh, Cole Wilcox, who will 
possibly make an appearance. Um, he's the third round pick. I've been ranting and raving about him. Padres got him in the third round when he was as high as number 14. I, ha- I think actually Baseball America, which is a, a tremendous resource. I tell you, I'm, I'm not big on plugging other sites or whatever, but um, Baseball America, if you're a baseball fan, I'm sure you already have it, but incredible stuff absolutely incredible stuff but he baseball america had him at uh i think all the way up at 14 or 19 very highly highly rated prospect padres get him in the third round but we're talking about signability issues and believe me the padres are not one of those teams that you expect to grab those guys that have the quote-unquote signability issues and go out and get them and that's exactly what they did so kudos for the padres they get Wilcox when they got him. That was the plan. And they get him signed, also part of the plan. Now, I will say, if we do see Wilcox in this season, it's going to be after the Padres have been pretty much eliminated. With all due respect um, to the youngster, he will not be relied on to get um, pressure outs for the Major League Club this year. And when I say pressure outs, I mean in pressure games. Um, Padres 12 games out with 13 to play. Now, okay, technically they're not eliminated, but they're done at that point. And I hope we don't get there because if they're 12 games out with 13 to go, they've been really bad. But um, just I would temper my expectations. It would be a bit of a catch-22. It'd be nice. Hey, Wilcox is pitching, but I also know in the back of my mind if he is, um, the Padres are probably a top five uh, draft pick next year and not a season to remember. But that's okay. I, I personally... When I look at the Padres this year, I want them to look at development a little bit more. And it's so enticing. And I know it. And there's a ton of people that are screaming at their radio like, no, the Padres can make the playoffs. And I'm with you if there were seven teams that made the playoffs. I don't think the Padres can be one of two teams to win the wild card. I don't believe the Padres can win the um, Dodgers uh, to win the West. Excuse me. I think the Dodgers... Um, I think the, 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 the Diamondbacks are better than the Padres. Um, the Rockies, if I feel like the Rockies will get better this year. Coors Field is very, very interesting in a 60-game season. I'm going to talk about that next week. It's a very, very uh, – it's a tough, tough situation to look at Coors Field in a small sample size. A lot of weird things can happen, both sides. Um, and the NL West is, is, is wide open – for second place the Padres having a chance even if they finish second in the west um, it would still be tough for them to be um, to beat out maybe a Phillies or a Mets or a Braves whichever one of those three teams um, doesn't win the division it's going to be tough and I think for the Padres with the way they're going and the way they're um, Project, projection as a franchise is you're not going to beat the Dodgers this year and even if you do get into the wild card it's one game playoff you're not going to win the World Series I personally believe that the Padres should take this season to develop their young players um, Mackenzie Gore, Luis Patino, Taylor Trammell um, get late in the season get Will Cox in the game um, try and see if there is somebody in that group of young kids who we don't really know how, if there's one of those guys that, hey, where did he come from? Kind of what happened with Fran Mill Reyes last year. We're not going to have that. Same thing that happened with Fran Mill last year happened this year because we don't have the minor league season. But if they can develop 
And I know it's such a terrible way to think because we've been waiting for baseball for so long. And if you're a Padre fan, you probably feel like we've been tanking for quite a long time. But this year, I think if they focus on development and then if the worst thing that happens, they have the fifth or sixth overall pick again next year in a draft that's going to be stacked, by the way, very, very interesting. Um, I don't think the Padres were ever, will ever outwardly say they are tanking, but it's something that I think they should focus on. And I don't think they should tank. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think, but I think they should focus on development ahead of success. Maybe um, Luis Patino and Mackenzie Gore get into the rotation and, and Kyle Davies and Garrett Richards split that fifth man rotation spot. I mean, yeah, Richards and Davies are probably um, better major league pitchers right now. But what does that give us in the long run? The future is Gore and Patino. In a 60-game season, no matter who wins it this year, there's going to be a huge asterisk. And even if there is an asterisk, you're just going to know, oh, they won, they won in 2020. Even the Astros 2017 World Championship, is, I, I believe, would be more um, genuine than a 60-game season. I'm still going to be uh, all in. All in. I, I, I love baseball. Can't wait. But this is not a full season. This is kind of like a half. Um, they, they shouldn't call it the World Series, in my opinion. But the final bits of the Padres uh, notes we did. Here are some unfortunate news with Tommy Pham. Um, did test positive for coronavirus. However, on a positive note, he is asymptomatic. Um, and he's going to do his two-week quarantine, as he should. And he is going uh, to presumably be at least cleared by opening day. I don't know if he'll be in that team. So probably um, have to take a couple days to maybe get, f get fresh because that happened, I believe, Friday. So uh, he's got 12 more days. So the 17th would be when he's back. Might need an extra week before or um, after the season gets started to be ready, but we'll see. And at this point, this is when, I mean, you don't want anybody ever to get Corona or COVID, but this is the time right now that you want your players um, to get Corona and you'll be ready for it. So barring any setbacks, like I said, he will be ready and a bit behind undoubtedly, but the Padres are pretty deep at outfield. And speaking of that, they are in the Puig chase, if you will. There are, uh, a number of teams who are going to push the price up on Puig, but a 60-game season, that's you're going to get Puig relatively cheap, um, you know, as opposed to probably if it was a 162-game season and there was a bidding war for him, he might get upwards of uh, 15 to 20 million dollars a year. Now you might be able to get him for one year, five million, and that's still a lot for 60 games, but still, it's that's somewhat manageable for the Padres. So we'll see how what happens there. Um, I don't think they necessarily need Puig. Uh, I am hopeful that Francisco Mejia can rip the DH uh, role out of Josh Naylor's hands. With all due respect to Josh Naylor, I wish him the best of luck. I just don't think he's um, a major league ball player. I, I, I don't think over, or at least a major league ball player that's going to um, be a, a factor at any point. I think um, he's... He's an undisciplined hitter, and while he does take walks, I understand that there are too many times where he'll look at a fastball right down the middle and then be flailing in a slider. And who am I to talk, but still, uh, the facts are the facts. I think Francisco Mejia being a switch hitter, having that small pop, when you have smaller players, they seem to 
especially if you can have him as a DH, the bigger players, you know, big tree fall hard type thing, big muscles, big bones, they, they break easier. Um, and, and they just get maybe beaten up a little more. Francisco Mejia is small, relatively, I mean, actually, I think he's really, I think he's only like five, seven, five, eight. Um, but he has a lot of pop in that bat. And he's a guy who, who, who needs to be more selective at the plate, but is a, I could see him being a factor at the next level. I could see him being a, a, a poor man's Yasmani Grandal in terms of the power out, uh, the power output. Um, he will never be defensive catcher the way Grandal is, but with the universal DH, that's perfect for Mejia. All right, folks, that's all I have for you today. Um, once again, we get one day closer to baseball. It is uh, it's great to it's great to think about, and it's really exciting to figure how we are going to be betting on baseball and making money very very soon, and that's that's very exciting. Once again, head to ecosystemsbusinessconcierge.com. Uh, hit all the, all the content up. We're, we're getting close. It, it is truly crunch time. Josh always reads his uh, Sunday papers. He has three or four always um, spread out. He took a picture, sent it to me, and one of the headlines said crunch time. And truly, it is crunch time right now. We have to be ready to make money right away. Uh, we're, in, we're in a recession, folks. But the ESBC Gambling Podcast is a recession-free zone. It's also a no-fear zone. So leave that stuff at the door, as they say. Head to the website. Get all the content. In that content are the, the betting rules um, that we go by. Of course, number one, you don't bet on your own team because you're too emotional. Uh, number two, you always do your research. Guess what? I've been doing all kinds of research for you. If you need any uh, insight, every single team has been previewed head to that website, all 30 team previews, including weekly uh, MLB uh, podcasts. So th the stuff is there. It's time to make money in a couple weeks. Hope you'll join us. Have a wonderful day, everybody. I hope you have a great rest of your holiday weekend. Be safe. Go wash your hands and don't hate. Thanks so much for listening. Once again, my name is Brandon First, aka First Report, representing the ESBC Gambling Podcast Network. Take care, everybody. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use. <clears throat> and they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN betting and team report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers. I'm the best there is!